Welcome to Energy Matters, exploring awakening to your authentic self and finding purpose through mind, body, and soul. With your hosts, Cody Edner and David Gandelman. Brought to you by intuitivevision.net and groundedmind.com. Hey, Energy Matters listeners, welcome back to another episode. We've got a super special guest for you today. Her name is Katie Dalebout. She's got a kick-ass podcast. I'm here with her and my co-host, Cody Edner. Uh, Welcome. Hey, hey, Katie. Hi. And hey, Cody. Cody, Hey, Katie. (laughs) The three of us are going to be chatty the way Katie was in kindergarten. (laughs) Before I get into your bio, Katie, I was well. I was reading your bio, and on there it said 1990. Was it 96? T- kindergarten teacher calls me chatty. <laughs> yeah, my Who gets labeled chatty in kindergarten? My God, <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome, and that led to obviously you being a very prolific podcaster, uh, the Let It Out podcast, which is awesome. You have some have had some amazing guests. And you have the Let It Out book, a journey through uh, a, a journey through journaling. Katie has been featured on Mind Body Green, Women's Health, Glamour, Hay House Radio, The Huffington Post, and like thirty other places. Uh, so you have, you have been around. How did you get started on this journey from <laughs> being chatty in kindergarten to being such a prolific podcaster, blogger, and writer? It's so funny that you guys have latched on to that. I didn't even remember that that was on on um, this like timeline I have on my old website. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's definitely true. All through elementary school, teachers would say to my mom, she's always talking in class. She's talking to the person next to her, not getting her stuff done. And I was called a chatty Kathy and it was just like, I made it in my mind. This is a bad thing, but I guess now you know, who's the one laughing now? I mean, I, I love doing this podcast and it, I, I started this podcast when I was 22 before really people knew what podcasting was. It was, you know, pre-serial and a lot of the podcasts that really put podcasting on the map. And so, you know, I was one of the few people talking about wellness, who is like a young woman at the time and other, uh, and in podcasting at least, um, in that medium. And so now there's, you know, 10 million of them <laughs> and there's like so right. many, but at the time it was, you know, I was, I kind of the only game in town, but I, I kept doing it and I realized, you know, as the podcast grew and it changed because I grew and changed and it really was wellness focused when I started and, and that was where I was, you know, I, I was fascinated by trying to understand how to be a person in the world, how to be an adult. And for me, that kind of came through spirituality and wellness and the traditional sense of wellness. And, and then a couple of years later, I was really off put by personal growth and self-help and wellness. And I, w- I was burnt out by it. And I was just like, I want to start living my life. And I realized that you know, people who are very into self-help are really great, honestly. They're just, they don't necessarily think that they're great, you know, so I had to really kind of let go of it and start to have have a life outside of trying to control my life to be better and just start living a life. So I realized that true wellness isn't just about green juice and yoga and meditation. It's also relationships and creativity and your work and your life. And so the podcast I've really grown up through the podcast. Now on the podcast, I talk to actors and comedians as often as I talk to yoga teachers and people more traditionally in wellness doctors, because I believe that wellness is something that looks different on everyone. And so I I talk to everyone through the lens of self-care and routines and mindset and those things are always part of it, but also I want to just talk about feeling feelings and letting out whatever you're hiding. And so that's why my book and my work and my world is called let it out because another thing that happened when i was little my mom whenever i was sick would be like you know if you if i needed to throw up or i like had the sniffles she'd be like you gotta let it out you gotta let it out and i think that's really true with our emotions you know like you have to 
release it, you have to let it out because if you don't, it just gets caught in your body and you're hiding something. And whenever you're hiding, you kind of have to manage and you're not being yourself in the world. So when you let it out, you can feel a bit, a bit lighter. And so I talk about that in terms of feelings, in terms of connecting with people. And, and that's what I do on the podcast and through my writing now. Mm. And, and you do such a great job, Katie, of having enthusiasm for like everything. I mean, some of the titles of your podcasts, it's like relationship, love, addiction, growth. I, I was looking at some of the titles, just like blown away and the versatility of it. And it does seem like everything inspires you. Um, I, I'm so impressed by that. And the amount of podcasts that you've done and the length of each episode, they're like two, two and a half hours. You just roll. And that is super impressive. I mean, Cody, we were talking about that before. We're, we're going an hour in and we're like, whoa, oh my God. <laughs> Katie's just, she's just going. Um, what is it? What do you think it is that gets you so enthusiastic and, and inspired by all of these different kinds of people and fields and uh, creative energies? Where does that come from? I don't know. I mean, and it's not every day. I mean, I'm not like this like cheerleader, enthusiastic person every second of every day. I think maybe on the internet I can seem like that, but I don't know. I mean, I, I genuinely am curious. I'm curious in people. I like asking questions. I like getting to know people. I like seeing myself and other people. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Podcasts really were a window for me to grow my world. And that's why that's what I hope my podcast can do for, for other people is to teach them ideas that maybe they want to have discovered on their own or see something in a different way or through me, see themselves and then see a way that they can grow or change or, or, or be articulated in some way. And so, you know, I think that, I think that the biggest creativity hack is extreme presence. Like if you can just be really present with the one thing you're doing. And I think that also is the biggest anti-anxiety hack. Like if you can just be really present doing one thing as someone who's anxious and as someone who, you know, can have, can overwhelm easily. I think if I'm just present doing one thing. And so that's what I love about the podcast is, is I'm forced to do one thing. I'm forced to just sit there and talk to the person I'm talking to. I can't be on my phone. I can't be thinking about other things because if I do, I sound silly and I have to edit that or I forget the thread of the conversation. So I think that presence is what, you know, I've done almost 300 of these now and so many hours of them that I really think that I keep doing it because it, it feeds me so much. And I think it's a new networking. You know, I really think podcasting is the new networking. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Who do you listen to? So many things. I mean, I love Terry Gross. I listen to Fresh Air a couple times a week for sure. Um, I listen to This American Life pretty often. Um, I'm constantly finding new things. I love... I don't listen to anything in traditional wellness or in people doing anything similar to me, even friends of mine, um, just because I find I used to, and I, and I've like dabbled in and out, but I find that I'll either, I don't want it to seep into my work at like, I don't want to start to pick up someone's mannerisms by accident, which I've done before. I don't want to, be like, oh, I should have that guest on too. And like, I really, it's fine if we have overlap and we, we often do, but I think it's, I try to distance myself from listening to things in my space, which opens, I mostly listen to comedy podcasts. I listen to um, Mark Maron and Pete Holmes. I listen to um, Melissa Broder has this great podcast called Eating Alone in My Car, which I love. Um, and my, I will say one person who is sort of a, sort of similar to what I do, but she's a really close friend of mine. And I think in any wellness space, I always want to plug her podcast. She's a podcast called Food Psych. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with her, but she's a dietitian and nutritionist and practices health at every size and is really destigmatizing our diet culture that we live in and our culture that's very mean to people of different sizes. And it's a wonderful podcast and it sounds really heavy, but it's not. She's such an inviting host that that's one that I like always, always, always want to plug because Christy just does such a great job with that podcast. 
Who's Food Psych? Is she saying? Food Psych? Yes, it's food so. And wonderful. what's her name? Christy. Christy Harrison. Christy Harrison. Oh, very. You know, I noted in your um, kind of your timeline, your bio, mm -hmm. that you got into food by starting with a failed cleanse. I think you called it, or failing at a cleanse. Um, what? What? I don't know. I just want to hear about that. I love that phrase, like a failed cleanse, because I've tried cleanses before and I've failed at them, but I've never publicly announced that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think cleanses are really damaging. And I, you know, I come into, I came into wellness from an eating disorder. So I had, you know, anorexia, which turned into orthorexia. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with that term, but it's an obsession oh in an OCD sort of a way with healthy food and healthy eating and dieting essentially. And I think what's, so, you know, my eating disorder recovery at, was, you know, at this time where wellness is so mainstream and so glorified in our society. But part of that is, is lovely, but most of it, I believe is actually really damaging because it's hijacking diet culture. And so it's saying to you that, you know, oh, I'm just eating clean, but it's honestly, you're, you're on a diet and you're doing something on the basis of like trying to manipulate your natural body size to be a certain way. And if you really start to start to break that down of why are you trying to manipulate your body size to be a certain way? It's because we've gotten messages from the media and from society since we were young, especially women, but everyone saying fat is bad and thin is good. And until recently, the only fat characters, and I use that word as a descriptor and very intentionally to reclaim it, that those people weren't portrayed in the media growing up. I never, the only fat character I remembered seeing in Disney movies was Ursula, who was, who was evil, right? Everyone else you saw was these thin characters. So we've had this thin ideal that we idealize and whatever is most difficult to attain and cost the most resources to attain is what the society's beauty standard will go to. And so wellness has hijacked a lot of this messaging of like, sometimes it really can be to feel good and feel the best in your body, but then there's this nice little side effect that you'll lose weight and people attach to that instead of like making it about these other things. And so I think it's a really slippery slope and, and Christy Harrison's podcast talks about that much more articulately than, than I do, but that was really my story of like, I, I got so attached to wellness, like I was starting to say at the beginning, and personal growth that I was not really living my life. My entire life was devoted to like, how much sleep can I get and how can I live in this regimented way? And it's really sad to, you know, we live in bodies and we live in this world. And so it's really sad to deny ourselves some physical pleasure or to, you know, live in such a rigid way and as someone who can be so overly disciplined, I think it can be really damaging. So in terms of the cleanse, I think, you know, there are far too many people doing cleanses or trying to control. And, and I think that, you know, it can be really damaging for our bodies and our metabolism. And like, it definitely was for me mentally. So I, I'm really against that. You know, I think that eating foods that make you feel good and not overthinking it is the healthiest. That's the cleanse we all should be on, I think. How did you get through it, Katie? How, you know, what was yeah, how did you get bust out of it? I don't know if I if I have. I mean, I think I'm I'm a pretty malleable person, so I think it's constantly kind of coming in and out of it. And I think wellness culture and diet culture don't make it easy. You know, I think it's like staying listening to Christie's podcast. She's a friend of mine now, and like um, you know, understanding health at every size, which is, you know, a movement that shows that people at any body size, health is not, weight is not a marker of health. I think that's something that really helps me. I think just trying to diversify my coping mechanisms and have a community of people who, um, who aren't defined by the way that they look and their their bodies. I think that's that's been helpful, finding role models that are my size or bigger to admire and not trying to find my worth with how I look or what my body size is. Because for me, it really came down to, I didn't feel like I was smart enough or cool enough or pretty enough when I was a kid. And so I was like, all right, or a teenager or an adult for that matter. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll, to feel good enough, I'll just be thin enough. And then that's praised in society. So I'm not good enough in any of these other ways, but I can control this. So I went there. And so 
understanding that and having the self-awareness of that, it's still where I go when I like feel uncomfortable, but it's understanding like, okay, this isn't going to give me what I want from it, which is love and acceptance and for people to like me. Cause at the end of the day, I could be very unhealthy and anorexic and still in that body, people may not like me. I can't control how people feel about me. So it's like finding my worth outside of my physicality. So whenever I'm doing that, doing something creative feels really good, writing and making something and being around people and just feel, it goes back to let it out. It's like feeling my feelings, feeling, being in that uncomfortable feeling of like, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling uncomfortable. And a way for me to tune out of that was to control or to plan or to overthink. And so just be like, this is what's happening right now. And I'm sure as you guys know, on the other side of feeling an uncomfortable feeling, if you just breathe and you sit in it and you feel it, then there's joy and there's acceptance and there's there's good stuff there and then eventually it comes back it's just like blowing your nose you know it's like you blow your nose and you get it all but then like eventually you're gonna have to blow your nose again you know so it's just like it's like feelings the same thing you just have to keep keep going and keep doing it and um you know it's it's hard to be a person and so i think i'm constantly coming in and out and i have lots of tools like more traditionally in wellness is i think you guys know i i do TM or Vedic meditation. And that's been a really useful tool for me. Obviously I wrote a book about journaling. So I do have these practices that, you know, I guess more traditionally in wellness, um, that are very useful and, and really help me. Hmm. When did you start journaling? So I didn't grow up journaling. I never grew up keeping a diary or writing in, in any way. But when I was in eating disorder treatment, I was what was such a gift from that experience happening when I was so young is that it got me into therapy and contemplating my existence and, and having self-awareness very young. And so I was reading every self-help book under the sun. I was going to all of the meetings and support groups and therapy and I had all of the mentors and I was doing all the things and I found myself with a gift card in the Barnes and Noble like about to buy the next self-help book or diet book and I stood there and I was just like all of these are exactly what worked for that person but it might not work for me and clearly it's not working for me because I know I've read all of them and so I wandered out of this the self-help section into the stationary section and I just bought myself this colorful journal and I spent that summer outside just writing down my raw real unfiltered thoughts and feelings like the really lofty goals I was too afraid to tell anyone because I thought that they would think they were silly or the really dark thoughts I was having that I didn't want to tell anyone because I was afraid they would be scared so I was able to be myself for the first time and that felt good and so I kept doing it and eventually recommending it to other people but I just kind of fell upon it nobody told me to do it oh I like it yeah and how did about you think of yourself, did you think of yourself as a writer before that or was this just more personal therapeutic and yeah i mean journaling for me is definitely not like i i, I say this in the book and i just taught a workshop about this this weekend journaling you don't have to be a writer to journal you if right. you can write a text you can journal if you can write an email you can journal so that sort of writing is innate to us and I, I didn't really think of myself as a writer. At that point, I, I, I studied journalism, but I wanted to be a TV news reporter when I was young. But I, I definitely like, I will say, like I don't want this to be a deterrent to people journaling. You definitely don't need to identify as a writer. I definitely identify as a writer now. And I will say I always, you know, in school growing up, I enjoyed writing like more than other things, but I wasn't necessarily good at it. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm in the process of starting my first book and it is so intimidating. <laughs> no, that's why I asked that because I struggle with writing and I don't identify myself as a writer, but I've been a teacher for 30 years of meditation and, and spiritual practices and uh, yeah. making that leap into writing, it's, it's intimidating. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it can be really daunting, but I think, you know, if you have something to say, you can be a writer in the way that we want to the way that we want to read now is like someone having a conversation with us. You know, there's definitely some, I've been taking a lot of writing classes in New York recently because I'm working on a new project. And so I've been learning about the craft of the personal essay and I've been really trying to develop this craft because I kind of fell into it and now I'm, now I'm writing and I want to improve. But 
I think that in terms of writing or writing a book, like if you have something to say, like just writing as you speak, like as you would say it to a friend, um, and then you can go back through. And there's so many great writing books that like, I don't know if you guys have read Bird by Bird by Anne Lamont, but that's like a very famous writing book or still writing by Danny Shapiro is like a very good writing book. But in my book, starting with journaling might be like a really useful tool. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for those. I'm, I'm going to check them both out. I also like uh, Writing Down Bones by Natalie Gold. Right. Yes. Yeah. Just a classic. Yeah. 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 And uh, I have a writing teacher, Ann Randolph. She, she does an awesome job. She teaches great retreats. And what she does is you, you do improv half the time and writing half the time. So cool. You get up and move and get really crazy and silly. And then that, for me, like flushes a lot of energy out. And then she'll give you a prompt and give you 10 minutes. And then you have to read it in front of everybody. And then everyone kind of shares. <laughs> wow, that sounds fun. Yeah, the first time I did it, so I signed up for a writing retreat with her. And I didn't know there was improv, so I show up. It was on the island of Kauai in, in Hawaii. And, uh, and I show up, and she's like, all right, everybody get up and run around like you're a chicken. And I was like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> what do you want me to do? And then the next thing she did was like, stand in a circle. I want you to go around and say if you're in a relationship or you're single. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, and, you know, I was running a meditation school, and I was always kind of in charge. So I, it really challenged me to be open. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Yeah. Oh boy. That was, it was tough. And, and I loved it. I loved it so much and realized how valuable writing was in that moment when I started really just letting it come out. It was fascinating to see what it out. And that's yeah. when you, you did your first stand up at the end of that, first, right? I sent me that video. That's hysterical. Yeah. And uh, what I found was that like a lot of comedy wanted to come out of me. A lot of people were, were writing some really deep emotional stuff, which I got to some of, but uh, I just wanted to do comedy, Katie. I was like, I just wanted to say funny, offensive shit. <laughs> I just want to watch people's expressions. When Is I that what you do now? Are you a comic? Uh, no, not. I mean, when I teach. He's a reluctant comic. Yeah. yeah. I definitely infuse it into uh, like I teach on some different apps and, might be one of the only meditation teachers like when you listen to the guided stuff where i'll throw in jokes from like a jerry seinfeld or somebody like that and some of my own because what i found is like when you meditate it tends to be like a really serious process and when i teach in person here and well i'm not in los angeles today but usually in la uh, i'll ask everyone to get ready we'll start and then it's just like it's it's like an army that you just said a 10 and there's everyone's just like shoulders straight up like yeah they hold their bodies hostage like yeah perfected buddha state and then i just want to be like guys chill the fuck out let's just sit and see what comes it's so neat i think that that um what you're just describing david reminds me of what you were talking about katie in the wellness where it becomes this regimented thing to just to kind of manipulate where you are and how you're being whether it's in your body or in your mind and, and the spiritual side of it. And both David and I use lots of amusement in our meditation and our spiritual practice. Yeah, um, so important. So. I think make it funny and laugh at this. And just like, I mean, at the end of the day, like it's really fucking funny that like we're all people in this world. We're all going to die. And here we, we're all trying to control. Like we're trying to control exactly. being better. We're trying to control being more present. We're trying like... I think the people who are into self-help and probably listen to the podcast are the best people in the world, but also they're the people who are like, I don't know. There are, there are people out there who like never will get into this and are just fine. You know what I mean? So we get to laugh at like those of us who are here, who are like contemplating our existence and trying to get better and like reading all the books and doing all the meditation and finding the foods and like, I love us, but like we're, it's kind of funny because there are some people who just like live their life and like, they're they're cool you know yeah they're like why do i why do i need all that i'm already present yeah exactly why do I need some dude telling me to be present all day exactly yeah like i know people like that and it's it they're an anomaly to me i'm like but i'm over here and i'm anxious and i'm feeling so many feelings and i need to meditate it's like be where you are naturally i know um some of us are born with more issues i guess than others <laughs> and I love us like I wouldn't I wouldn't trade us I love that us but you know like my best friend I'm really you know feel things way up here and way down here and she's just really even mm. and that's a good force to have in my life but 
you know, she doesn't need to meditate because she's just like chill all the time. And that's right. I mean, I'm sure it would help her and she has before. I'm sure it's like, it's all good. But, you know, she's just like, she doesn't feel things as intensely as I do. She's learned to control the dial and we're just, we couldn't be more different. And I have a lot of people in my life like that, but I also have so many people who are like me and they're kind of crazy and I love them too, you know? And, um, and I, I see myself reflected and so many who listen to my podcast are way more similar to me and I meet them and I'm like, Oh my Yeah. No wonder. Like you're, you're, <laughs> I get it. Like I get it. <laughs> you give them permission to, to be themselves. Hopefully. Yeah. 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 Nobody needs permission, but I mean, I'll, I'll take it if anyone wants to give it to me. So if I can do that for other people, great. <laughs> Cody, I think that's me and you, that's what Katie was describing between her and her friend. I'm like a roller coaster and you're like the even cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of those in a relationship. That's right. We have a very unique relationship, me and Cody. I call him freaking out and he's like, I grew up on a ranch. Calm down. <laughs> oh, I love that. You're you around horses, you know. <laughs> I grew up in Jersey. Yeah, you grew up in Jersey, yeah. How did you guys meet? Uh, Tinder, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I was running, or I, was, I wasn't running the school yet, but I was at a training school in yeah. Hawaii, and Cody was a guest. I'm, he was flying, teach, yeah. and uh, just kind of started just chatting, hanging out a little bit, and he's like, hey, let's start a podcast. So smart. I was like, oh, I don't have any friends. All right, let's start a podcast. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll make some. Maybe Katie will be our friend. Yeah. I'm, in. I'm totally in. Just get people on, ask them, will you be our friend? At least yeah, for an hour. Welcome to the Energy Matters podcast. Will yeah. you be our friend? You have a great dynamic, and I think it's cool. But I think having a co-host is like the best thing about podcasting. Yeah, it's awesome. Whenever I don't have a question, I'm just like, <laughs> Cody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do have actually another question, Katie. Kind of, I, I don't know if this is changing the subject, but I'm I'm really curious about your book and the kind of feedback, like how you've heard that journaling help, has helped people. And, yeah. um, you know, what, just because, well, I've often wanted to journal and I know there's some therapeutic quality to that. And yet I, I kind of hit a block in trying to, you know, I do a lot of meditating, so I do a lot of self-reflecting and contemplation, but in a different way, right? Not mm -hmm. as a written... Uh, You're such a man. Yeah, I just... Well, I think yeah. it's really similar. I mean, I think this... And I think they're great compliments to each other. I, yeah. I just taught a journaling workshop. I often teach kind of similar content for my book at different places in the city. And I just taught one at a meditation studio I love here. And I was saying there, I was like, it's such a great compliment to meditation to, I know I get so many ideas while I'm meditating that I kind of need to get out of my mind somewhere. So right after is a really potent time to meditate. Or sometimes I feel like I can't meditate. I have so much on my mind. I just need to like jot a few things down and then I can sit down. And at least it's like, I'm not, I know I'm not going to be thinking about it. It's there and I can return to it. And that, that does help. Um, but I, I just taught this workshop yesterday here at the class. It's like this exercise class here. And I gave them my three pieces of resistance that I often get for journaling when I recommend it to people. And then that will kind of lead into my like tips for, for you, Cody, of like someone who wants to start journaling, but is like, I don't, do I need this? How do I do it? I'm kind of, I kind of want to try, but I'm resistant to it. So the first, when I, I started doing it, like I was telling you guys, just because I stumbled into it and I found relief from it. It was cathartic to me. So inevitably, as you know, myself, I had to share it with other people. And so I started recommending it to other people and I got so much resistance. Like it did not go well. Like nobody was like, okay, oh, really? like nobody wanted to do it. And so the first thing that people would always say was, I don't have time to journal. And I was like, okay, that's fair. Like I barely have time to brush my teeth. Let me think about this. And I was like, okay, well somehow I'm 
finding time for this. And the beauty of journaling is that it's free. You can do it anywhere. You don't really need anything for it and you can do it at any time of day. So I think journaling is about just like carving it. I don't want to add another wellness to do to your long list of like, I got to have the warm water with lemon and I got to meditate. And I got to work out and I got to sleep. Like, I don't want this to be another to do. Like you can do this while you're on the subway or you can do this while you're walking and voice journaling or you can just grab a few minutes between things. Like that's what's really great about it. Or you can carve out some time like on a Saturday and, and really sit with it. Like there's, there's a lot of options with it. And so that was that. And then another piece of resistance I got was what we kind of already addressed, which was that I'm not a writer and I wouldn't have anything to say. And so the not a writer piece we already talked about, like this type of writing is innate to us. If you can text, you can journal. And then not have any, anything to say, that's interesting because journaling is simply talking to yourself. And if you can talk to another person, you have something to say. So I found out when I was researching the book, we have over 60,000 thoughts a day. And a lot of those thoughts are repeat thoughts, thoughts we're thinking on repeat that we're not even aware of. And so if you can take them out of your mind and put them on a page, much like you're watching your thoughts in meditation, but if you can put them on the page, you can kind of sort through them and you can see all these different voices you have in your mind and not in a pathological way, but just in a way of, you know, you have the the like kind of this board of directors of the inner child and the parent and the one that's trying to keep you safe and the one that's like telling you to go do the thing and and you can decide which one you want to listen to which one's you know holding you back and and making you feel like you're not enough so that was you know that was the resistance i got and then it, it led me into these tips for journaling which are don't judge yourself just write without editing write without thinking about your future self reading it or anyone else reading it and just let it out and let it flow and give yourself some time and space. And there's really no reason to, there's no way to do it wrong. There's no way to, unless you're judging yourself or, or filtering. And so if you're doing that, that's fine, but that's not really journaling. That's like writing an email to someone or that's like writing right. yourself a letter, you know? So it's fine, but journaling is like, just do it, get it out of your head just to release it, you know? So I think it's a great compliment to meditation. But a lot of, you know, sometimes I... I go through periods where I'll journal very frequently and sometimes I'll just check in with it less frequently, but meditation I find is something I, I do daily. And I think the compliment of meditation with journaling is lovely because meditating allows me to forces me in a very uncomfortable way sometimes to be with myself and to sit with whatever feeling I'm having and journaling does the same thing. You know, it can be very uncomfortable for people because it is for me often because it puts the mirror up in your face of what you're hiding or what you're not wanting to look at and it forces you to look at it and I think that can be that's why we don't want to do it like that's why we have resistance to it because we don't want to feel the feelings we don't want to feel and journaling will force you if you're being honest with yourself to look at you know what's holding you back or where you want to go and then you're responsible for going out to get it you know which can be very scary yeah the way you describe that, it sounds like a, a way of processing, just like we would meditating, but there's something more involved maybe because the whole body is kind of involved. Yeah, I, I think it's a I think it's a great compliment to it, honestly. I yeah. think it, it I I struggled a lot to sit down and meditate if I have something in my mind. If I can just write it down, I'm like, okay, it's there for later. And same thing on the other end, like after meditating, I find I often need to to write if I have time, you know, and sometimes I don't have time to do both, but um, yeah. I find they really, really complement each other well. It forces us to feel what we don't want to feel. Mm -hmm. I think Oprah would say, that's a tweetable moment. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever seen her in Super Soul Sunday? Every time someone says something insightful, she goes, that's a tweetable moment. And I'm like, why'd you do that? <laughs> It was really good until that. Um, <laughs> I also wanted to make sure that we spent a, a little bit of time talking about podcasting because I feel like that is just what you are so, so good at. And like your voice comes through so authentically. If you guys haven't listened to Katie's podcast, please do. Um, and you also have a, cor a course called Let a Podcast Out. Can you tell us a little bit about well, so one of the things I do is I, I coach <clears throat> entrepreneurs who work in wellness and are scaling online. And I have a whole group of them and they all want to start a podcast. Oh, and 
Yeah. And I've never had clients that wanted to really start podcasts before and ready. And so we've been really in this mode of starting podcasts and there's, it's, it's really overwhelming for people at the beginning. Like what mic gear do I get? How do I upload it? What should I talk about? Do I get guests? What if I'm not good? Can you tell us a little bit about like when you teach podcasting, what that process looks like for you and how to over maybe overcome some of those initial fears? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll have to give you a link to my course and then Absolutely. We'll put it in the show notes. You can, you can send them my way if you don't want to sure. focus on that. Sure. Um, I mean, it really just came out of a need. Like you said, I've been podcasting forever and I was getting so many emails being like, I want to start a podcast. What do you recommend? What kind of microphone do you use? What? And it was like, oh my God, this is all I'm going to do ever is answer. <laughs> what I, and I was like, I'm not an expert. And that, so what I say is like, I'm not this type of podcasting that I teach. I call it DIY podcasting. It's not, I'm not Gimlet. I'm not NPR. I'm not a podcasting network. This is a home setup. It's not perfect. It's podcasting. It's kind of like the journaling of podcasting, I guess. It's um, just sharing in real time and, I wanted anyone who wants to start a podcast, I think they should be able to do so. And when I was starting podcasting, I liked the interviewing and talking to people aspect about it, but everything else overwhelmed me. And I'm the type of person that like, if, if I get overwhelmed, I'll just quit. So if I can't find the remote, I just like won't watch TV, you know, that sort of thing. Oh, the weird analogy. Cause like I haven't had a TV in like 15 years but anyway when I was a child that would happen and so anyway I wanted to start this podcast my boyfriend at the time was like you're good at this I'll handle the uh, getting it on iTunes and get you a microphone and do all of that and just like do this and if I wouldn't have had him I honestly would not have made a podcast and so I was like and I want I like haven't talked to him in like 10 years but I'm so happy that that happened because I wouldn't have this thing is so meaningful to me and so useful to me and I don't even know if he like knows the impacts that he had on me or that I'm even still like doing this weird thing he helped me start you know seven years ago yeah but I'm really I want to be that for other people and so I started doing podcast advising just like you would have a financial advisor or someone to get you started on a new project I started doing that with people one-on-one and that was really cool because I saw these great podcasts come into the world and I I consulted with a lot of really interesting people who should definitely have podcasts like you said like entrepreneurs and writers and people who are doing really cool things in the world I helped them also have a podcast and then I was like okay maybe I could help even more people do this so I made that I worked really hard on making this online course it's a it's an online workshop that takes you through everything from coming up with a concept and naming a show to interviewing which is my favorite part and talking to people and then marketing getting it to iTunes monetizing it eventually and I give all of my actual trackers in Excel of how I track guests and sponsors and all of my email templates. And I really just like open up the, like lift up the hood and tell you everything that I do for let it out. And then also I interviewed over a dozen other podcasters, people who, you know, have shows much larger than mine and ask them exactly what they did. And so that's part of it too. And then the piece that I love most about the, the workshop, let a podcast out is that at the end, there's like live calls with me and there's like a whole thing. But at the end, every semester I choose, they have the opportunity after six months to submit a episode of their show or a clip from their show. And I choose one to be aired on the let it out on my show and interview them. And that's really cool because it incentivizes people. I've done so many online courses and like had logins for all these online courses and then like never done anything with them. So I didn't want that to be the case with this. So I incentivized it to have this deadline and then that way people can actually make a podcast and they can, you know, we pick a winner every year and it's so cool to see when I, that day on my calendar, when I listen to all those podcasts is like my favorite thing. Cause I just, I can't believe I was able to help people start something that maybe they would have been too overwhelmed to do on their own. Yeah. yeah. So fulfilling watching them like actually create it. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Wow. Uh, so for those who are listening, who are like, uh, I want to start a podcast. 
<laughs> where do where do they go? Let a podcast out dot club, um, or just like the email me or text me or like don't text me. I mean, you, <laughs> I'm not gonna like give my number right now. Yeah, but I don't know why I said text me. Um, <laughs> like on Instagram, I mean, or whatever. <laughs> we have a let it. We have a let a podcast. Yeah, DM Katie. <laughs> And the Let a Podcast Out Instagram is actually a really good spot because it's just podcast related news and info and it's like anything just podcast related, but like through my my feed. So it's kind of like weird and funny. And um that's a really like follow that on Instagram because that'll okay. let you know like what we're doing and we do like free hangouts and um it's a it's a like fun Instagram to follow. It's really small and it you know, we have a good community there. So you can message me there. Mm, cool. Yeah. Me and Cody love talking about, we, we nerd out on like podcast gear. I'm like, Cody, we got, I got the new Sennheiser head at your, uh, Lewis house uses. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we totally nerd out on the tech side of it. And Cody, you listen to a lot more, he listens to a lot more podcasts than I do. I listen to a few, but Cody's pretty. I've been pretty listening cool. for a while. Yeah. 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 He, he wants to do your type of show where it's two, two and a half hours. And, and uh, Dave, David only he always cuts us off at an hour, yeah. and and I he's like we're we run out of stuff to say and I go no it's just getting good and most of the good yeah. stuff is right after he cuts us off, and then the ten minutes we chat with the guests after is like the best stuff but totally. we can't so share it. Let's pretend we just ended the podcast since we <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, like that I, will work. I agree with Cody. I mean, I think you guys should make your show longer because. I find the exact same thing. After about 45 minutes, people get comfortable. After an hour, people get kind of loopy and kind of sleepy and you can just right. with each other and you forget that you're recording. And it's great. It's like- and that's when the good stuff happens. Totally. That, that was Katie T Dale Bow. It was, really, it was a really good show. Uh, cut. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. It. This was great. <laughs> you think it's funnier on that episode like me or cody like what did you what did you, what did you <laughs> this is the after show david as david's insecurities come out who, well, well, who do you like better <laughs> i like you guys equally uh, <laughs> that was what you really think about podcasts uh, yeah. i hate podcasting and journaling it's the worst <laughs> i just do in the same I just thought that it would be really lucrative. I thought a career in podcasting and journaling would, I'm in it for the money. So Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's, of course, we found out that podcasting costs more money. Exactly. <laughs> what? <This costs> what? <laughs> what we do, Katie, is uh, since we're not recording anymore, um, <laughs> me and Cody teach intuitive training work. So like right now we're a year in with a group of students that um, we're teaching them how to read energy, how oh. to um, open up their spiritual abilities and kind of that whole side of meditation. So in a lot of meditation, like you were saying, when you do a Vedic or mantra style meditation or people do a lot of Vipassana kind of body scanning, mm -hmm. we really teach people how to I don't know, take it to the next level and close their eyes and really find their own answers, which is why a lot of people come to meditation in the first place. Like they obviously are missing something, otherwise they wouldn't bother closing their eyes and reflecting, right? So we, uh, we teach them how to really close their eyes and learn how to see energy. And one of the ways that you do that surprisingly is by like learning how to read other people. Mm. So it's like when we read other people, there's a reflection in there for us. Like for me, when I was going through relationship stuff all the time, uh, which is kind of my MO, I, <laughs> I ended up reading hundreds of people all with the same relationship questions. And it was like, re instead of reading a physical book, I was reading these books of people and, and the energy they were in and what they were going through. And it just, and that reflection helped me move through each layer in myself. And so what we've found is like when we train people, they, we have them read lots and lots of people. And through that, they work through so many layers. And then when they get neutral enough, they can start like reading themselves. It's kind of hard at the beginning, but like for, 
I don't know, Cody, if you agree with this, but it's like after we work with lots of people, it starts to get easier to reflect on ourselves. And I think podcasting is similar, Katie. It's like you sit across from people and you they spill their guts and they share about their lives. And it's it like opens up something in you as well. Like I learned something from everybody that comes on and like learning from you. Like as you're talking, I'm sweating it out. I'm like letting it out. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, she's so open and authentic. Where, where am I not? <laughs> yes, no. It's, it's true. I mean, I found that same thing through podcasting that for whatever reason, when we come together in this way and talk, by the end, I don't know, something shifted. It's kind of like a reading, something cathartic about it and something transformative about being in this conversation with every guest we've had i mean it's just and then i always want it's been amazing to me yeah and then i just like crave cookies (laughs) (laughs) um i wrote an article a couple months ago last year sometime um for the fullest i have a monthly column there and i wrote this article called how conversation became my meditation which i'll send it to you guys because i feel like you'd be into it but it's essentially this it's like how you know it's what i was saying before of like you're really you're doing one thing i think in a in a society where we're constantly multitasking of like on our phones and also at dinner and also walking down the street and you know just kind of always a little bit distracted this is a welcome phenomenon when you're recording where i'm not i haven't been on my phone since we started and neither of either of you and like we're not no. doing anything we're not eating we're not like doing anything other than this. And I think that's a welcomed, weirdly a welcomed change that, that feels good. But I, yeah, I think it's interesting to vulnerability, like breeds vulnerability. And I, I, these conversations are such a reflection of where I am because of the questions I'm asking. And and I share a lot about myself in the conversation because it, then it's, it feels stunted. If I'm like, tell me this really deep, dark thing about your breakup I'm going to first divulge like, oh my God, I just had a breakup and like, I'm crying. I mean, that's what this whole like last season of my podcast was for me. And so, so if I hadn't, I'm not going another hour. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to get the information from my, not information, but I'm just not going to get the, the present. Like if I had met them for coffee without recording, it wouldn't have just been this one-sided like tell me about your last breakup it would have been like right. i'm dealing with this this is how i'm feeling have you ever felt anything similar because the human experience is the human experience and we're not all that different you know absolutely right yeah so breakups that mm. <laughs> <laughs> dave is just in the middle of that so i'm teaching a class tomorrow <laughs> at parsley health actually yeah. uh on healing creating relationships so i am i'm in the energy of it like i'm in it right now i mean it's it's everything it's like the whole the i've had some really beautiful conversations about it on my podcast this last season but it's um you know i i had this do you guys know mari andrews she's a very famous illustrator and you you probably don't even know it but you're following her on instagram and she did the podcast and um and she very prolifically writes about love and, and dating and relationships. And she said to me, she sometimes relishes being in that space of heartbreak because there's so much richness there. Mm. And it's so potent that she was like, when am I always am, when you take something away, you naturally are going to fill that space and you're probably going to do it with something good. And she was like, when am I going to learn Portuguese if I don't have another breakup? And she really reframed it in this interesting way. And, and talking about the, the spectrum of things too, when you're in this heightened emotional state, and this is what, what I've found because I've, I've been in this somewhat recently and the, the feeling of someone, after loss or grief of, of any type or anything jarring, change, there's this, term called heightened emotional state that my last podcast guest told me about and it's something that basically like everything is intensified of like someone buying me a cup of coffee is like I won the lottery and like someone not texting me back is like I just took a bullet you know so it's like these extremes that we kind of are in and just kind of know being able to find some some laughter in that and be like okay this is this temporary thing where everything's intense right now and that will pass too that's so true. I've experienced that. I've definitely experienced that. Yeah. 
I've talked to so many people, Katie, who like going through the heartbreak thing or the relationship thing. And I see it like become all consuming. It's fascinating. Really is. Even like long-term meditators, really, you know, conscious people that I know, they hit a relationship thing and they just like lose it. I'm not talking just about myself, Cody. <laughs> oh, okay. Saying <laughs> I can hear your telepathic. I mean, you could be talking about me, so I talk about anybody. <laughs> it's intense. Yeah. <laughs> I think relationships are like the. I mean, it's it's everything. It's like how we exactly. see ourselves. It's the mirrors of how we see ourselves, and so to to take that away or to change that, it's like there's nothing. I don't think there's anything more intense in the world to to feel than relationships with other people. I mean, I think it's why we're, I believe it's why we're here is like to, to grow and change and do that through relationships is the quickest way to grow and change and see where you're small and where you want to be different. It's the quickest way to evolve, I think. Could not agree more. Yeah. Well, on that note, we are out of time in this post podcast interview that we are <laughs> share but pretending we're not um katie dale about you're amazing you're such a light thank you so much for being here and for all of you listening if you want to check out more of katie's work uh it's katiedalebout.com and let a podcast out.club if you want to take her podcast course, it looks really cool. And let it out her book, let it out her podcast on iTunes. So good. Katie, thank you so much for being here today and enlightening me and Cody. I feel like a deeper person after that conversation. Oh, man. Thank you, guys. Yeah, friends thank forever. You. This is really lovely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful. Yeah, I'm absolutely. I'm glad we could get you on, yeah. And me and Cody are going to go journal right now and talk about Great. it and we'll see what happens. Great. Let me know what you think of, of the book and how it, how it feels for you to write. I want to know. Totally. Absolutely. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for listening, guys. We will see you next time on Energy Matters. Take care. See you, everybody. Bye. You've been listening to the Energy Matters podcast with Cody Edner and David Gandelman. Brought to you by intuitivevision.net and groundedmind.com. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud.com.